This is PBE Daily Early Mornings Late Night Podcast, and my name is Point Blank Ifumbi. Thanks for taking the time to enjoy yet another episode of fresh content based upon curiosities and musings that I've been having. And this one, I think, is going to be an interesting one because for the first time ever, I'm going to conduct a two-parter. And unlike the initial time we did a two-parter in this podcast, I did um, something called The Tale, and it was me attempting to do freestyle, actually, to do an audiobook type setting of a script. I was beginning to dive into my curiosities as far as how audiobooks work and how audiobooks are recorded because I, I would like to experiment with my voice and see how far I can push it. And it's been good so far because the reception it's been having means it's one of my highest listened to podcast episodes. And to be honest, when episode one got the reviews that it got, I was very happy. And I was happy because I, it... I wasn't really intending to try be in a position where it's me faking my way through things. And I think that's actually one of the reasons why I'm glad I'm making this this two-part uh, uh, piece of information because I wanted to, to address two forms of media that I truly enjoy. But a few things of housekeeping. I've still been able to slightly move on the work of painting I'm supposed to finish. And... I have a weekend ahead of me and I want to use it to the best of my ability because whenever I have concerts happening or nightclub uh, activations or anything of the sort, I'm not really able to be energized enough over the weekend to actually create because I literally do like using my Saturdays to just sleep and then my Sundays to actually try to have a degree of productivity. And on weekends I have concerts, I'm not really able to do that. So I try as much as possible to capitalize on my weekday evenings and uh uh, my my actual nine to five work and on my nine to five i try as much as possible to have the nine to five and the co-curricular activity which is my, the work i do in the house i don't want them to clash so when i walk out of this door i stop being a comic book artist and podcaster and when i get into the office i'm a full-time animator and voice uh, voice um uh, voice actor from time to time and I, le- I never let these two worlds clash per se because it almost feels as if I'm learning something new on either side. And with the excessive consumption of material that I take, not only on YouTube, but also as far as audiobooks are concerned, I'm really learning a lot about what best way to portray certain things that I'm really passionate about. So I think I'll make the big announcement that I have that happened on the 12th of February. I'm going to make that big announcement in the next episode so actually you get where I'm going with this. And in this episode, I wanted to address something that I saw. And it, it's weird how... I don't know if it's based upon how the analytics and the the way cookies are set up as far as search engines go, but I came across this thing that was talking about how The Wire, the one of HBO's biggest series, how The Wire was written. And the individual who made this YouTube channel, I forget his name. Um, I apologize for that. But if you Google the whole idea of what, what the the show The Wire and how it was written was concerned, the gentleman who actually speaks on it is really, really... Like, his execution of how he actually touched on that was, I have to say, he did a great breakdown for that. And the the YouTube channel is called Behind the, Behind the Curtain. And Behind the Curtain, they talk about this show called The Wire. And if you check it out on YouTube, just look for their YouTube channel. It's called Behind the Curtain. And they break down this whole ideal of how the writing staff on the show was and the writing staff had cinema writers theater writers 
news journalists and with these different skill sets and these different fields the wire was able to be created in a specific place because it was more about telling the story of the people and not the story of the, of the drug dealer the, of the journey of the drug dealer themselves and when i looked at that the thing that was weird was it was also in the same week when i came across this particular channel it's the same week i came across the stats that have been coming out as far as cinema releases and how they've been successful or they've bombed in the box office and i think the movie that suffered the most recently i mean the latest victim of trying to have a headline that is catchy enough is a movie called birds of prey and no i haven't watched it yet and when i heard that it's already been slammed as far as articles go saying it was not able to have a sense of success or even be given the chance to breathe to have a success because i believe in the box office your first weekend really really counts and especially in the day and age where 90% of what is being created or okay let's be fair 70% of what is being put out in film right now is either comic book driven or inspired by animation the character harley quinn initially came out in an animation production which was batman the animated series it's one of the characters that evolved into comic books thereafter and pre-releasing of the film they released an animation series and i think after watching the pilot episode i really really enjoyed it and i know at least four people who are watching it and that's really hard to find because i know some people are very stuck in the shows that they enjoy that they would never really try add anything else to the list but these few people that i know took the time to do so and the reason why i wanted to make this particular episode and why i'm i've called it what i've called it is because i think it's kind of sad that an article could come out on the first weekend of a movie's release and being released in the same in, in that weekend and an article coming out the week after and jumping the gun to make something be seen by even not the guys who are going to go to the theaters to watch it and be seen as a flop already it's kind of sad because i feel that with the change of how we consume material it's unfair to slam a movie a movie's box office returns and i say it's unfair because of this i haven't been in a cinema hall since the first avengers film and the only reason not, not the first avengers I'm sorry the first of the two infinity war films I watched Infinity War in the theater. I did not watch Endgame in the theater. Now, Infinity War, it's because it came with perks. The idea was I was at a convention and as I bought the ticket for the convention, it came with the ticket to the cinema hall to watch the movie. So, if that wasn't a package presented, I wouldn't have watched the film. There was a period I have to say, and I think this was in 2000 In the 2010s, actually from the from 2000 to 2010, I really did want to go to the box office uh, and I mean to the cinema and watch the movies that I really really was curious about and I'm not going to lie there were no bootlegs per se at the time, there were no streaming sites as much as they are, so I'm probably part of the problem because there's some movies which I wait for certain sites to put them up and then I watch them. So, yes, I am I am terrible. I apologize. And to a certain extent I feel the only justification I can have for that is sometimes when channels like when things like Netflix pop up and I pay a subscription every month then hey I get to redeem myself because some of those movies make it there and because I paid my subscription they make their money I mean hey 
the beast found a way to make sure it takes care of itself, right? <laughs> and when I thought about that, the, the consumer culture for a lot of material has changed. And because the consumer culture has changed and we've even reached a level where we don't even let a show fester long enough, we just binge on it. And because we binge on it, we don't really enjoy or get to see some of the nuances that exist in stories. I mean, there are whole YouTube channels that make material out of what you could have missed because you were too focused on something else instead of just taking time to actually enjoy how certain things are created. I mean, let me take it a little further. I'm, I'm curious about making films, films myself and with the curiosities that I have, the, another problem I have is I also, with those curiosities, would like to get to a level where as I'm making my own films, I'd like people to pay attention to my sets as I would any other film that I watch. And there's some movies which may get slammed in reviews or in critique and all that. And the, what I love about them is how beautiful the film looks. Because sometimes it's just as simple as that. There are whole films which, it's not even about how the camera angle was placed, but it's just the set design. It is just so beautiful to me. And it's why, I mean, let's go with the, with the movie which starred Vin Diesel, for example. The first Riddick film felt higher budget and it looked amazing and away from that the second Riddick film which I had such high hopes with because the, the way the arc of the story ended in the first film I really hoped for it to be even greater but they they took a, a slightly more nuanced angle to it but after years later watching a show like The Mandalorian I see okay Vin Diesel was there first as far as how he could use great landscapes of sandlands and make his work look even greater so kudos to him for actually making that come to pass and time sometimes just treats certain creations with the respect the desire and sometimes by slamming products in the mainstream industries and the main stage it ends up finding its own audiences it's, it's almost like when it comes to a DJ performing in a nightclub and a DJ performing in a big concert the big concerts are far between. The nightclub DJ has a job every week. And when I think about it, even in something as nuanced as that, I mean, I've reached a level where I've worked with so many DJs that sometimes I've worked with a person so long, I can damn near predict the next song they're going to play. And I could see why they'll play that song. It's not even repetitive. It's more, I know with the number of guys who are in this revolving door we call a nightclub, the number of times a song will have to play more than once. And... I can respect how certain individuals end up becoming valuable to the, the way material is received, right? And we all we all want to be down with the click, and sometimes we, we will make compromises in that which we create. And I remember having this conversation with a, with a colleague of mine, and we we were talking about how the last Oscars have taken place. I mean, this is in 2020 the Oscar Awards. I really do not care not to watch the show, not to know who won what and why they won it, but I did care for one production, one production in particular, and that was the movie Klaus, and I'm glad they did get a couple of Academy Awards, or if not, they got an Academy Award at all, because that was a beautifully animated story, and it was a beautifully told story. It, I teared up watching that movie. I'm not teared up as out of sadness, but I teared up out of happiness and joy. It was so amazing to watch that. Just 
the simplicity of taking a story and have the broken telephone element of it and oh I'm, I wish I was a part of that production but I was not because I was working on my own production and I speaking of my own production and I thinking about the the suffering of uh, birds of prey I know for a fact that because I've been working on this one piece for the last seven plus years a lot of things that have been coming out in recent years have almost nuanced looks that are close to what we've been working on and maybe it's born from how the work at world of advertising works so sometimes you think it's an original idea but you've seen it influenced from something else that you've watched and to be honest i try as much as possible to make the integrity of the script that was written by albert theory to to make sure that script is written with the respect that it deserves and the backgrounds painted by Douglas Ikwabe and the storyboard that I, I created and the key animations that I've done and even the stuff that's been put there after as far as voice acting by Munyibuika and all that. I, when I think about all these things, I feel it's super duper important for me to not really worry about how the reviews are going to be there after because as weird as it may sound, and I think I may have touched on this before, I think the one greatest place I'd like to be at is cult classic. If I can make a cult classic that decades later, there's an audience that comes up and says, yo, I grew up off of your animation and I wanted to make something that came close to, if not give homage to that which you created. And I think of that and I'm always like, in awe of the potential of that which is a cult classic because put it to it this way when you look at cinema releases i haven't done much to support certain films because i feel like they're not really made for me because it's almost as if guys are pandering into what the potential topic of the day is and yes you want to speak to the zeitgeist but there's a way to do it that doesn't make it look so blatantly a cash grab I know I'm reaching but just hear me out think of it this way the last couple of award ceremonies and award shows that have happened in all those award ceremonies is it not a surprise that whatever is the topic that is going on in the United States that becomes the topic that gets most of the awards and a script that could have been objective and have told a great story will not get the attention it deserves because while you didn't really go to watch reviewers and and the news anchors and and, and headline taste makers are going for so the state the state of mind of a taste maker for the palette that is entertainment that guy could make or break your production and then i'm giving power to a person who know they didn't create a production but they because they have this job which is for them to review they have to speak ill or speak in greatness of that which is a creation of mine and even for them they won't be objective because they would like to ingratiate themselves to certain production companies because there's perks that come with those production companies because maybe you'll get backstage access to certain productions and when something becomes a job sometimes it makes you kind of lose the objectivity of just enjoying something for what it is and it's why also sometimes I like touching on either film series or all these other kinds of productions after the fact of their release or years after people have watched them because I'd like to look at the thing with an objective eye. I am the wrong audience to have when you're trying to put out something brand new. And it's 
like shooting myself in, my, in the foot to say that because I intend to put out two brand new things this year and I don't really try as much as possible to second guess it because I feel anything that is worthy will find its own audience in time as long as it talk, it's talked about enough and even if it's talked about in a good or a bad way is it talked about I I I can I, I really think along those lines I mean with 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 film it's different because there is so much content being made on a daily basis I mean a friend of mine once said uh, sorry it's not even a friend of mine I, maybe I think it's a friend of mine because I watched so much of this person's productions but Joe Rogan the comedian and podcaster probably one of the greatest podcasters of all time he said something in conversation with someone on, on his podcast I don't know which episode it was but when he said this thing I found it hilarious and it's still fact with all the porn in the world why do people still make new porn for those of you who've hit the the, the search bar and searched for porn and no I'm not going to play holier than thou I do from time to time sometimes rather often but when when you <laughs> when you go to these search bars and you look for these things do you really think about how many exist or have you ever asked yourself like that those numbers at the bottom of the screen to how many pages of different content that they have have you ever asked yourself how infinite that number is i mean how far does it go not only in time but even in material i mean think on that for example and in the, in the, in the and that's just me talking about something that is considered lewd or terrible but just think on that and now think about how different takes of different creations have always existed and think about how certain uh, storylines have been created in the past and keep on being reviewed from time to time i mean we've always asked ourselves and i think it was because of another movie that got slammed in the box office last year it was a movie i think it was charlie's angels and the 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 director I think said something i'm i'm paraphrasing because i didn't really actually see the tweet because i also don't do the whole trying to get into threads as much as most people do because that's how information is passed nowadays but in that case they they touched on how many spider-man movies have been made and yet when a person makes another rendition of charlie's angels they they don't get the support they require and to my understanding i i think the more certain stories have been revisited the more some of them have suffered because i'll say this for for the spider-man movies because i've been around for the, everything that came out in the 2000s to the present and there's some movies which i think the production company got involved in how the movie was being made and the movie suffered and because the movie suffered it ended up making even the person who actually made the movie or some of the people working on the production they suffered as well bad reviews i think it was from a, a netflix series that touched on uh, black cinema and how black actors have been treated in the last 70 plus years in not only british and american uh, cinema where they said the color purple got slammed aggressively because the director was steven spielberg and as a result many actors and i think it was whoopi goldberg was talking about it as a result very many actors and actresses never really got to have work past that because the NAACP spoke against the film so you start asking yourself what is the agenda when somebody slams a film and they slam it because you don't agree with them <laughs> so how does an industry get to exist and in my case i think about things in the canon perspective like we never really give enough enough time to our productions because sometimes i think it's also of a degree of pandering but these are teething problems we have to accept that these things have to be done and 
I have to admit that I have to apologize to a lot of filmmakers because at times I didn't understand what they were going through because I came from a position of unknowing. And when I finally got to have a few clues of how their world works, it, yo, I mean, I am mistaken for not having taken the time to understand their sensibilities. But in, a, in any case, what I'm trying to say is this. You need to look at material with an objective eye because a tastemaker said something could look, could be bad. Maybe take time to find your own taste buds and have you enjoy them. Because I'm sure there's somebody who told a person an avocado is a terrible product to, to, to consume and somebody will sell you if you had the perfect amount of brown bread and salt, you'd have a, have a great time with it. Just a consideration. We'll pick this up in the next episode. But until then, be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thanks for taking the time to enjoy yet another episode, and as always, Uno.